Hello, and welcome to Ruta Cosmic Wisdom. I'm Amy. And I'm Alexis. We chat about astrology, archetypes, and spirituality, exploring how these and more can be woven into the day-to-day energy of life. So we'd like to invite you to settle into your body and join us. Good morning, Amy. How are you doing today? Good morning, Alexis. I am great. How are you back from your whirlwind vacation? I am great. Yeah, I'm excited to dive into Taurus season today. And yeah, I just got back from an amazing, it definitely was whirlwind in all the best ways, um, trip from Sedona to California. And yeah, I actually ended Aries season with seeing a real life ram like 10 feet away from me. So <laughs> that's kind of how the make it trip. up. Yeah, that's kind of how the whole trip went. It was just like ridiculous synchronicity after another. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited. And it was kind of the perfect ending with ending um, Aries season, moving into Taurus season with all these beautiful California flowers and spring and then coming home and everything's in more bloom than it was when I left. So yeah, definitely feeling the Taurus vibes and excited to dive in to our podcast because we had a little hiatus, but we're back. Mm-hmm. We're, we're back. We're back. We missed you stuff. all. Yeah. And we have been hearing your requests for come back to us and we're back. <laughs> Get yeah. on. We are back. And this is a big one because Taurus season, we have an eclipse season within Taurus season. So it's a pretty, it's a big one. Um, and just to touch on that, cause I feel like that's a big kind of part of Taurus season. So we have the sun in Taurus from April 20th to May 20th. And within that we have two eclipses. We have a solar eclipse on April 30th and then a lunar eclipse on May 16th. So the eclipse portal happens all within Taurus season and the eclipses that happen this year, we'll have two more in the fall. They're all happening on that Taurus Scorpio axis. So Taurus, because we're in Taurus season, so let's just give a little bit more on Taurus. Taurus is an earth sign. It's very much about being present here, embodied, like being aware of everything around you, using all of your senses, your sight, your, your sense of smell, your taste, just being immersed in everything around you. And to do that, you have to be really present and grounded. And so that's where the North Node is. The North Node is in Taurus, which I feel like it's that chapter on embodiment, like how much more can we feel and be present for? And that means the South Node is in Scorpio, which brings a depth. It brings this like uncovering all of the hidden bits, all of these um, kind of unconscious parts of us. And so what a like, right, what a beautiful access to be working with. And I would also recommend look at your chart and see what houses fall in Taurus and Scorpio, because those are some areas of your life that are going to be very um, amplified. I was going to say activated. (laughs) Amplified, yeah, something along those lines, yeah. Beautiful, I love it. I also, um, we've got, we'll be talking about Pluto more with his station and how he's, he's stationing and digging down at the 28th degree of Capricorn, which Capricorn in its shadow with Pluto there is top-down authority. 
and how we're watching his digging in this eclipse season when he is the ruler of Scorpio. So he's ruling the South Node right now. He's showing us what we need to let go of to move toward a, a brighter, more beautiful world. Um, Taurus is of our body. There's this great Aubrey Marcus quote, which a um, colleague of mine put up. You are comprised of 84 minerals, 23 elements, and eight gallons of water spread across 38 trillion cells. You have been built up from nothing but the spare parts of the earth. You are recycled butterflies, plants, rocks, streams, firewood, wolf fur and shark teeth broken down to their smallest parts and rebuilt into our planet's most complex living thing you are not living on earth you are earth mm. i love that we're recording this on earth day april 22nd and we're in taurus season this really earthy sign of in its light pleasure and our sensuality, our being able to see and hear and feel and touch and taste, um, good food, fuzzy blankets, snuggling with the people you love most um, in Taurus season, in eclipse season. Woo! Yes. Yep. All of that. <laughs> I'm bringing my usual areas enthusiasm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And just a bit on eclipses. Eclipses are just big times of transition. They are times when I like to say it's a new or a full moon on steroids. And so there are these potent like new beginnings or new, if you think of the full moon, it's like this um, peak, these illuminations, these insights. And oftentimes they're just big transition points in our life. Even if, they're, if you can't see it externally. So I've had eclipse seasons where I've moved on multiple, I like to move during eclipses. How you roll. <laughs> I have, you know, met new people and had all of these like big external things happen during eclipses, but also there's been a lot of the internal, right? There's been times where I'm just like within myself and I just know I'm going through these big transitions. So you may already feel it because we're definitely in, you can feel it for weeks before and after. So although that first eclipse is on April 30th, We've been in the energy. So you can start to kind of feel like I saw when I was on my trip, um, I saw a crab molting its shell. It was like an amazing experience to watch. And I was just sitting there in awe of like feeling how much I was transitioning and changing things in my life. And this crab was literally fighting and struggling its way out of its old shell. And to me, that's kind of eclipse season. It's like we've, you know, outgrown our old shell. We're pushing forward, changing. And sometimes there's a little bit of a struggle in it, right? Like I could see the, the crab, like, and it's like the butterfly, right? Like you want to help it, but the struggle is part of how it builds its strength, right? The butterfly, that's how actually all of the parts of it open up and allow it to have these wings that it can actually fly. And same with the, the crab, it has to have this shell that hardens. And so part of the struggle is actually right part of that growing that strength and so I feel like that's definitely eclipses there's like sometimes there's a little bit of like you know uh what's the word overwhelm or just like 
what is happening and just knowing that that churning that that changing is part of opening to something even better even more aligned for you so yeah so we'll dive more into the eclipses as we go through um, the month but just to give you a little bit it's it's a pretty big this is our first um eclipse season of 2022 and it's a juicy one it's this is this is a juicy good one and it's a great time for really earthing in like calling on that Taurus energy, calling on Taurian determination and, and keeping in mind that it is just one step at a time. You just need to look for your next best step. You don't need to know what your destination is. What's the next best thing you can do? What's the next right step? So let's, shall we start with our little date rundown and the aspects that ping? Yeah, so let's start with, so we had, we already mentioned April 20th was the day that the sun moved into Taurus. And then April 23rd, Mercury is conjunct the North Node. So we have Mercury in Taurus, the North Node is in Taurus. Like we said, that's where the eclipses happen. So an eclipse happens when it's a newer full moon close to the nodes. So Mercury conjunct the North Node, Mercury as the messenger, he's coming to the North Node kind of in alignment, kind of like this pre-eclipse message, right? It's a week before the eclipse and he's, he's dropping some hints. He's dropping some messages, some insights. So whenever Mercury is loud, I always like to say, take some time to journal, to meditate, just to create space and to listen, right? Because that's part of it too. Oftentimes there'll be a lot happening in our lives and the messages will be you know, very apparent, but taking that time to reflect and listen helps to kind of really understand what's happening. So yeah, Mercury conjunct the North Node. And just going back to that Taurus piece, I think another part to mention with we have the North Node in Taurus and what Taurus kind of is, is really following the things that make you feel good. Like it can be as simple, but also sometimes that can be complex in itself, but it can be as simple as that of following the things that make you feel good. And often we'll have to work through, you know, all the stuff, all the reasons that, you know, and all the, you know, kind of external thoughts that pop in, but really truly um, being able to take those steps in what feels good. If it doesn't feel good, it's probably not for the best, right? For everybody. It may seem like on paper, this is what I should be doing, or this is what, you know, the logical thing to do is. But actually, it's really not, right? Actually, that most aligned thing that you can do for yourself is the thing that makes you feel good. And maybe there's some uncomfortable things or maybe, you know, a conversation or something that, you know, kind of pushes the edges. But actually, in the end, you, those people around you, everyone's going to feel better for it. And so that to me is a lot about what Taurus is. And so I have a feeling with Mercury on the North Node, there's going to be some messages with that. And the North Node often it pushes us outside of our comfort zone. So it may not be our norm, but it's actually what we really deeply want. And so I feel like those might be some of the messages that are coming around that time. Um, and even now, right? Cause we, we leave these as dates as the exact, but knowing that the um, dates around this, right? The planets are kind of moving closer. So we're in this, mm -hmm. we're already in, in this energy. So just being aware of that and listening. Yeah. And that, <clears throat> the 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 idea that the north node is moving us out of what we know to to work toward and move toward our north node it 
asks us to do something different. And while Mercury is conjunct the North node, this is also, the nodal axis is also in a T square to Saturn and Mercury conjuncts Hecate today, the 22nd. So our, our friend medicine woman, Hecate, dark goddess is in Taurus right now. She's wanting, what is the medicine we can bring to the earth? So really paying attention to the messages, you know, we've got rain here in Minnesota happening today, forecast tomorrow. We're in a drought. We need this rain. This is a message to like, just slow down and let this happen. Have I been really missing nice weather? Cause it's been cold here. Yes. And the medicine in this is the ability to slow down and let the messages come. And the T-square that the nodal access is in with Saturn, this energy of Saturn wanting us to make a decision. Are we going to stay in our comfort zone? And there's nothing, I'm not bashing comfort here. Comfort is a lovely thing. <laughs> it's a very Torian idea. And oftentimes we forget that staying in our comfort zone, like the most easy example for most people to understand is that for a woman in an abusive relationship, that's a comfort zone. That is what is known. And that is oftentimes it feels safer than to step out of that relationship and go toward the unknown, which is that North node, to step away from the South node, away from our comfort, away from what we know and move toward the North node. And that's really what Saturn's asking us. And we've got Mercury and Hecate hanging out with the medicine of the messenger, the medicine of this ability to hear what the North Node is asking us to do. Because Mercury is this translator. He speaks all the languages. He holds a megaphone up to things and says, are you paying attention? This is, you know, Taurus can also be considered home. And our bodies, our meat suits are our ultimate home. And this earth is our home. So how do we reconcile that? The Aubrey Marcus quote of you are earth. We are all earth. So how we treat our bodies is in direct relation to how we treat the earth. And we're being asked with this North Node in Taurus to step toward the earth. And how can we build Saturn stability toward better, higher relationship, relationship that has more of our medicine, that deep knowing that Alexis is speaking about the deep knowing that this is what is soul aligned. And this is what is right. Even if it's hard, even if I have to have some hard conversations, can we step toward that? Can we make the decision to move into what we don't know, even if it's uncomfortable? Because oftentimes shaking up the current stability is that that hermit crab, it's that crab, that butterfly, that moving out of our shell moves us into greater space, energetically, emotionally, mentally, get curious, get curious. I can't say it enough. Yeah. And as you brought in Saturn the next day, so April 24th is when Mercury and Saturn square off exactly. So 
taking in all that you've mentioned and Saturn is an Aquarius, which is the sign of the revolutionary. So Saturn is very much about how can we bring things into reality? He's a carpenter, the builder. How can we make things happen? And he's been in Aquarius for a while now. He's in a sign for about three years or just under three years. And so he's been working, like we've been working through this, right? We've been working through these Saturn themes for the, last, the past two years. And again, that square exact to, to Mercury happens on the 24th. So to me, it's very much about all that we've been mentioning of just kind of more of that message mm -hmm. of the way that we create what we want and we build what we truly want is to step out of our comfort zone, of to think differently, right? Aquarius is about the mind and new perspectives. How can we look at something differently, see something differently? And then we have Mercury in Taurus. So to me, it's a very like beautiful energy of we really get to bring things in and create. I know Aries season was a big um, kind of energetic boost of like, you know, kind of that coming out of winter, wherever you are in the world, that's the energy of Aries is coming out of winter with this new birth, this new, <laughs> as Leo leaps across, right? It's that energy, like that <laughs> new energy, that pioneering energy. And so having Taurus season is really about, we can really bring it in and ground it and all the stuff that we had um, new ideas or you know anything new come up during Aries season, we get to ground it, root it and integrate it. Mm -hmm. And so to me, this Mercury with the North Node and Mercury squaring Saturn, it's really about bringing things in. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's going to most often mean us stepping outside of our comfort zone. Um, yeah. I love that Leo shows up as you're taking action. <laughs> he, the cat has arrived for the podcast. He is hunkered down. Um, and this thinking that. differently, thinking differently about our relationship to our bodies, thinking differently about our relationship to the earth, thinking differently about our relationship to home and the idea of home. What does that mean? And how can we be more innovative around it? So yes, our, our friend Saturn, the carpenter, he wants to know what, how we're going to innovate what we build. Yeah. I love in the way that you were describing the thinking differently and also just think like, how do you want to feel in all aspects of your life, right? Like how can you look at things differently so that they actually feel good in all areas of your life? Because you really truly can feel good all the time. And it doesn't mean like being happy all the time, but you can feel like fulfilled and aligned no matter what the ups and downs are right and so I think Taurus is really pointing us in that direction of like yeah life is going to happen life is crazy and wild and we just can't predict what's going to happen next we just can't <laughs> right and Taurus is very you can't make it up you can never make it up no but Taurus is very much about like the stability and it's a fixed earth sign but it's to me it's that it's both it's that we can be fully here, fully present and open to how we can look at things, see things differently in all areas of our life um, so that it feels good, right? Like our, our work, are we, are we happy? Because we spend a lot of time, right? Like working, especially for those, you know, if you're working a nine to five or you're spending a lot of hours working, that's a lot of time in your life. Are you truly fulfilled from it? Not to say it won't be challenging, not to say there won't be days where you're, you know, like, 
kind of, um, you know, a little overwhelmed, <laughs> but does it feel good? Like at the end of the day, do you feel fulfilled? And so I think it's kind of taking inventory in all aspects of your life, like your relationships, your everything, um, and definitely your relationship to your body, like you had mentioned, does it all feel good? So that's kind of more of that Taurus energy. Um, and then we move towards April 27th, we have Venus. So now we bring Venus in because Venus is the ruler of Taurus. She forms a conjunction with Neptune in Pisces. And she loves, so she, she rules Taurus. That's one of the signs that Venus is home in, but she also likes Pisces. She's exalted there. So that's where she is now. She's in Pisces. And so whenever the ruler of a sign does something during, right, the, during its season, there's more emphasis there. So definitely there's a highlight here. If we were to highlight something during Taurus season. It's like <laughs> highlighting April 27th. Yeah, sparkles and like gold. She's going to be wearing a fabulous dress. <laughs> yes. April 27th, Venus conjunct Neptune. Now, also we had the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction earlier in April, which was that big conjunction of expansion of our con of our consciousness of our dreams of right like this big expansion that we're in there's an unfolding for the rest of the year yep. but venus now comes and hits that point where neptune is and there's this to me there's more kind of that what i've already been talking about a lot of like mm -hmm. do we really love where we're at because here's yeah. the thing too you can change it at any moment you you get to change it you get to co-create this life that you're living we're never stuck right so just sometimes there's things we have to move through but to me venus brings more of that of that when she combines with neptune it's almost like venus is definitely about um love and embodiment and like you know being here in this body neptune to me is like this higher octave of love and so together it's like this consciousness of love, like how can we fully, fully be um, fully alive? Like we, we're only here for a short time, right? Like we don't know what our end date is. And so how can we be, be fully alive? And so to me, it's like that reminder that day of like, life is short, but it can be really sweet. And we just have to, you know, mm -hmm. live it up as much as we can in the ways that feel really good. And so to me, that day feels like a really good day. Um, knowing that the eclipse is right around the corner. So there may be lots of stuff, <laughs> but like <laughs> embrace the Venus Neptune um, juice because that day, yeah, just feels really good. That the never stuck that you brought in feels really important that we can shift and change at any minute. And yes, our, our existence here, we have been so indoctrinated into how do we survive this? And it is such a theme for me right now. Survival is not an option. We signed up to be in our meat suits for a finite amount of time. The level of pleasure, the level of love, the level of fulfillment that we experience on a day-to-day -day basis and I'm not like poo-pooing anger. For those of you that follow me on Guidely, you will know that one of the things I talked about this weekend was the Nemesis Mars conjunction and the amazing 
political maneuver by that white, straight Christian suburban mom, go get him, girl. Um, <laughs> that that right anger and that that grief are just as important and just as fulfilling as the things that we have been indoctrinated to experience as pleasure. Um, because at this point I can get as much pleasure of like feeling my heart swell, listening to her just hit all of those notes as, as I can snuggled up with my favorite person. Like there is pleasure in both of those things. And while there is right anger, like that nemesis line of how dare you there it's right anger. I'm just not angry to be angry. I'm not, I'm not angry because I'm trying to manage anything outside of me. So it really is this falling away, the Scorpio South node of, of shrugging off the things that don't work. And that includes our ideas that keep us from that keep us stuck. The ideas that tell us that we need to stay in the thing. And yes, I am talking from a place of somebody who looked around at my corporate job a decade and a half ago and realized it was sucking the soul out of my body. And all I was doing was making rich people richer. And I was so disgusted with myself. And yes, I quit my job and went back to school and changed everything. And it was a moment of, I'm not stuck. It was also my Saturn return, which we will get into in one of our astrology 101 places. Um, and Alexis, you can speak to this too. That moment where you really ask yourself, am I going to continue to move from a survival perspective when survival isn't, it, it is the one thing we're not guaranteed here. So how do I thrive? How do I move toward thriving and co-creating with the divine, the life that is actually calling me. And you can make it like right now, right now it can happen. Yeah. And it's that full spectrum. Like you mentioned, like to be fully alive doesn't mean we're happy all the time. It just doesn't. And it's honoring all of the emotions as beautiful and honoring that, you know, when we hit the rage or the grief or there's moments when we are feeling overwhelmed or whatever the full range of emotions are, is that we allow ourselves to feel it fully. And the funny thing is the more we allow ourselves to feel it fully, we move through them and we're not stuck in like anger and sadness for weeks. We're stuck in it for like not even stuck in it. We're experiencing it mm -hmm. for sometimes minutes, right? And sometimes it has, you know, sometimes there's, there's reasons to be in it for longer, but we move through it in a way that we come on the other side and we just feel so much more alive, mm -hmm. right? That we just feel. And then when we are in those moments of expansion and when we're, you know, standing on the top of a cliff in Big Sur, you're just like, you're feeling even more than you could have felt before because you're feeling the whole spectrum of all the emotions. And so another- Wait, let's do a little, little tiny bit of neuroscience quick. 
uh, to just, to just like ground this in a little bit more, the, the time it takes for an emotion in present time to move all the way through us is 90 to 120 seconds. That is the amount of time it takes for us to be present with a feeling. And the more that we work on that pathway of being present with a feeling, it's like sweeping debris out of that channel. And you have a clear river then. It is that moment, anybody who has ever had a moment of intense grief where you've just been present with it, and, and you just let it take you. And then suddenly it stops and you're like, where did it go? <laughs> that's that, that's that window of being present where you can really, you can really grieve and you can really cry hard when that channel, when you're practicing being present with it, it then doesn't get stuck in your body. You don't have a lingering psychosomatic physical issue. Because emotions do, Department of Mysteries, check out your pelvis um, for, for stuck emotions. There's a lot of other mysteries, wonderful things in the pelvis. And it can really get stuck in there. So the more we practice activating our presence with what we're feeling and fully just letting it roll through our body, whether it is the absolute glee and awe and wonder of a cliff and big sur, or whether it is the on the floor grief that, that just feels like it's going to suck you down. The presence of that clears that neural pathway. And, and it is why we can move things faster when we work with being present. Okay. Now I'm done. Tangent over. I love it. No. And I'm just, I'm like reminiscing in, in my trip. Cause I'm laughing at, you know, I've been to Big Sur before and, um, was an amazing experience. Like it always is, but I'm just laughing at we, the friend that I went on this trip with, we were walking down one of the paths and it was one of the last days we were there and we had this amazing trip and, you know, everyone's walking in and out and, you know, most people are just, you know, taken in the scene and the two of us are like, oh my God, this flower. And oh my God, we like found this little hidden pathway to this waterfall and we're just laughing our way through the whole thing. And everyone who's like passing by us will like look at us and smile and like, wow, what are, what are they laughing about? You know, like what is so amazing? And a couple of people we talked to, and then we walked through this tunnel and then we're just like everything. We were just like, oh my God. And she was giggling and we were just like truly feeling to our bones, the amazingness of this, like just this one hike we went on and we walk out to the ocean and I can just feel like also the permission to allow myself to feel that much. Yeah. Right. I can feel when I was there five years ago you know, it was like, it's a crowded place. It's like, oh, I don't want to look like a crazy person, you know, like <laughs> laughing and dancing. And I've always kind of been like that. I've always had a great time. And like, well, you know, we're just, we're, I always had a good time, but I could feel it was to a new degree, right? I could feel like the laughter and the, you know, excitement I had five years ago had just expanded. And it's only because I have allowed myself to feel all the feels right? Because it's not just that excitement that's, that's bypassing if you're just trying to get to that place, 
you have to really truly feel all of the emotions. And so I feel like this is just like, right, just more, just giving more, you know, example and kind of that, you know, tangible, like truly feeling the epicness of um, wherever you are. And it doesn't even have to be on an epic vacation because I've had, you know, just walking in my neighborhood and I feel like that. <laughs> we're, we're just, we're, we're doing eclipse, Taurus eclipse season prep here. Feel the feels. Feel the feels. <laughs> and remember that everything that's going on in Taurus is answering to Venus and Pisces because Venus is the ruler of Taurus. So anybody who's in Taurus is kind of checking in with Venus. Even if they're not aspecting, there's an energetic check-in of where is the pleasure? Where is the beauty? Where is the harmony? And Venus is over exalted in Pisces coming into contact with Neptune and, and Neptune is one of the rulers. So Venus and her exaltation is now coming into rulership to answer to, to Neptune on, on the dreaming and the fantasy and the pleasure and the good that can come. And, and eclipse seasons, you know, you've heard it here before. You will hear it here again. You don't need to look hard. Yeah. Just no. <laughs> open up your peepers, <laughs> have a look around, sniff the wind a little bit. It's going to be real evident. Exactly. Exactly. And just the last piece on this Venus Neptune piece, um, especially because it's Earth Day today as we're recording. It's just it's also Venus Day. Friday is Venus Rule Day. Whoop. Can't make it up. Um, that there is a piece that I've been really feeling of, you know, especially being out traveling and in these magnificent parts of the earth. I was like, the earth doesn't need healing. The earth will be fine. Yes, we have done things to the earth, but the earth, even if it becomes in, like, we're not able to live there. What's that word? In what's Uninhabitable? Word? Yes. Uninhabitable to us. The earth will be fine. Mm -hmm. The earth will figure it like the earth is already right. Doing what it needs to do. If we can't live here, that's our problem. But part of what I feel like is really what needs healing is us. We really need to right, raise our consciousness so that we are, we are living in partnership with the land so that we are understanding that we are not just, it's not just this place that we come and we, you know, use its resources and we dump our stuff and, you know, it's just, just temporary little like, you know, place that we actually are and that quote, I love that you brought that in, that we are part of the earth. We are the earth. And that that's the part that we're kind of um, getting back to remembering. And to me, Venus Neptune really brings that in because it brings the embodiment. It brings the beauty and the connection to earth with that higher consciousness of Neptune. It's this growing and evolving so that we are, we're doing the healing ourselves so that we are more of a fit to live on earth, right? Because earth is fine. Earth will be fine. It's good. And if you want to touch in and you're curious about how do you meet the earth better, check out episode 27, where we spoke with uh, realtor Carolyn Gronfield about what, how we can evolve into land stewardship rather than land ownership, or check out episode 30 um, and learn more about shopping your values because how we spend our money is a reflection of, of our relationship, both with ourselves and with the earth. And I think Alexis is spot on. She is gonna be fine. 
it's even if she kicks us out, she's going to, she's going to be just fine. And this Venus and Pisces piece conjunct Neptune feels to me like really leaning into that mystical truth that we are all the same thing. We are butterflies and, and wolf fur and shark's teeth and streams and soil. We are all of those things. And I am you and you are me. And, and we are the mess and we are the light. It is that Piscean mystical truth of the great interconnection and the complete lack of boundaries that when we are living in harmony, Venus, we can move from a place of highest good for life, capital L life. Ready. Ready. Got my little pencil. Love it. So yeah, so we're approaching the eclipses. So now if we look at the days just prior to the eclipse, so April 28th, Mercury makes a trine to Pluto. And then the following day, Pluto stations retrograde. So basically, Pluto stations retrograde the day before the eclipse in aspect to Mercury in a trine. So Mercury, again, is holding up this megaphone as Pluto, who is this energy of deep transformation and evolution, makes his, you know, movement in the sky to begin to travel backwards through Capricorn. Um, And he also does it in aspect to the moon. So it has a very internal feel to me, right? Which is perfect because we have a new moon eclipse coming the next day. (laughs) And so Pluto is very much tied to this eclipse. It's a very deep, like the one word I always think of when I think of Pluto is depth. Like it's a very deep um, energy that he brings to this eclipse. So that happens just the day before the eclipse. Um, again, he's at the end of Capricorn, which you mentioned 28 degrees of Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's an aspect to the moon and Mercury. So again, you, you don't have to look hard. Things will be loud, <laughs> right? It will be loud. Um, and yeah, I find it fascinating that just the day before the eclipse is when Pluto stations. So that's a very big energy um, to move us into that eclipse. The, I, there's... I'm sure that you and I, with our love of being able to talk about this, could go on and on. And the big thing that is just dropping in is be gentle. Be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with the human beings and the life around you. Um, Pluto is this depth. And Pluto digging down at the 28th degree of Capricorn, this master degree, is like running us through a master's course of where is the corruption and top-down authority and the moon being involved feels like a this internal and how are you also living from a place where top-down authority is ruling you and is allowing you to move from a place of corruption even if it's minor little corruption how are you not moving in union with your soul because that is a moment we did I think we did a Q&A Instagram live once and one of the questions was about sin and moving against your soul is sin it's it's corruption so just be gentle with yourself 
that's my whole thing. That's it. Be gentle. Yeah, and bring in some of those Taurus things, like nourish yourself with good food, like take a bath, like do the things that feel good because those things are going to like, you're allowed to have those things. Those, those yeah. things that are the comfort, like those are good for you. So really take care of yourself, nourish yourself, go on walks in nature, um, just connect to your body. Cause the more present you are, like you'll be able to move through whatever is coming up um, for sure, right? Like we can handle whatever comes our way. And so the more present and the more embodied and the more um, that we're taking care of ourselves, yeah, the more that we'll be able to move through whatever comes up. Um, and also that day, so the 29th, which is the day before the eclipse, Mercury enters Gemini. So he does that kind of last round with he aspects Pluto right before he leaves Taurus and enters Gemini on um, April 29th. And that's a sign that Mercury is home in. Mercury rules Gemini. That's where he's home. So he gets in, like he gets in position for the eclipse. Like right before the eclipse, he literally gets into his home position. And so if you feel into some of the energies, like Venus is exalted and Pisces, Mercury is home in Gemini. We kind of like, it's almost like everyone's like getting ready for this eclipse, mm -hmm. right? And like everyone's in their home base positions. So it does feel supportive that Gemini, um, that Mercury is in Gemini because yeah. he will be able to, like the, the insights will be clear. Mm -hmm. The thoughts and the pieces, although it might not be clear like immediately throughout this eclipse season, throughout these two weeks, we will know, right? There will be more insights that come in, maybe piece by piece. I feel like that's another kind of Gemini energy of like, we might get piece by piece, right? We always want to see the full picture. I mean, we just always do because that's just how humans are. We just want to know and see all, but it may come piece by piece, but it feels supportive that Mercury is in Gemini um, for the eclipse season because then the next day is when we have that new moon eclipse. So yeah. Be gentle with yourself and everyone around you yes. hecate says so <laughs> yeah that's the medicine from hecate and curiosity mercury and gemini mm -hmm. is for sure that is like a very big theme of gemini is being curious it's like being the yeah. student like oh all this stuff is happening around me oh like all this like seemingly right chaos hmm, let me like let me get my popcorn out and take a look and what's, what's going on. Like, you know, be curious because that also, when you can bring that energy of like, like, right. We're just like watching this movie unfold that we're able to see things from a different, right. When we're in it and we're so like serious and we're so just like in the muck, which is fine. Like we get in the muck mm -hmm. and that's just okay. It's an okay place to be. But when you bring that curiosity, that like instantly brings you out. It just instantly makes you go, huh, what's going on here? So curiosity, I feel like is another big piece of medicine that Mercury allows for us to have through the eclipse portal. So the eclipse portal, we're in the eclipse energy, right? Like I said, about a couple of weeks before, a couple of weeks after. But the from that new moon eclipse to that full moon eclipse is what we term the eclipse portal. It's very- Hey, Dunkel. Well, as Amy likes to call it, this very potent tunnel where you're just in between the two eclipses, right? You're just in it. And knowing it, I find is super helpful because mm -hmm. then it allows you to be like, oh, I'm just in this tunnel. 
right? Like I know there will be a light at the end of the tunnel and whatever is happening, you just, um, again, bringing that mercury curiosity, I think is huge. You can just bring that curiosity and be like, oh, what's happening while I'm in this tunnel, right? It's, we also only get this a couple times a year, usually yeah. like twice a year, sometimes three times a year. This year, we only get it twice. So it's like, live it up, be curious, be, um, yeah, ask questions, like be in that, what is going on around me atmosphere. So that happens on April 30th. We have a new moon eclipse. It's a partial solar eclipse um, in Taurus, 10 degrees of Taurus. You can look at your chart, see what's happening around 10 degrees of Taurus. Um, and that happens at 4.28 PM Eastern time. And yeah, that same day of the eclipse, Venus also forms a conjunction with Jupiter in Pisces. So it feels like to have Pluto station retrograde the day before, to have Venus join with Jupiter, who is about expansion, it feels deep and high and big to like, it's a new moon on steroids for sure. But then you have the depth and the height and it's very big. <laughs> in mm -hmm. the energy of this 2022 um, Jupiter-Neptune conjunction of like allowing ourselves to dream big. So you don't have to do anything really around eclipses. Again, we've said this, but like you really don't have to do anything. You just have to be aware. And just if there are doubts or there are pieces of you that just doesn't believe, right? And you kind of get in that like, just place where you're just like, I don't know about this. Remind, have reminders. I think that's the only piece for this new moon eclipse is like have reminders that your dreams are possible, that the bigness is real and that you don't have to do anything right now, but just observe, observe where the doubts come in. You can just tell them like, no, I actually, I, I really do want this thing that I love. I want to be in this place that I love. I want to feel and all the things. And I think that's the piece because with Venus and Jupiter there on that day of the eclipse to, as we enter the tunnel with Pluto, Venus and Jupiter, it feels very big in a good way, especially Venus and Jupiter bring a very beautiful energy of expanding as Venus, the ruler of Taurus. And this is an eclipse in Taurus, this expansion of what is possible, what we are able to feel and experience and that we really do we can co-create a life that we love. So that all is like in the entrance of. <laughs> and, you know, the, you were talking about Mercury and Gemini and getting curious. And what popped into my head is that CNC Music Factory song for those of us of a certain age, the things that make you go, hmm. Um, <laughs> so just for those of us of a certain age, <laughs> you younger people may not remember that song. that mercury that mercury curiosity and just hey what's going to come up with this right. and being gentle about it being gentle being curious um that's it's it's big and if you need a nap take a nap yeah take lots of naps it's totally take fine lots of naps. Taurus. naps are a definite Taurus mm -hmm. Taurus thing yeah sure. so what happens next so on May 2nd, we have Venus entering Aries. So she leaves Pisces and enters Aries. So there's this spark, this spark, this 
like passion that gets ignited with Venus. Um, she, and it's funny cause I love Venus and Aries and I know you do too. Well, we're Venus and Aries females. We are. <laughs> and the funny thing is that's a place where Venus is, um, known to be in her detriment where she's not as comfortable, but I like to just feel into it as she's just super passionate. Mm-hmm. She's, she may not be her like Venusian, um, take it slow kind of self, but she's very passionate and there's an ignition that comes that I think is really important for this period that we're in. We're in this like, you know, very still Jupiter and Neptune are still in Pisces in this, um, dreaming big energy that Venus brings in the spark of like, if you're not passionate about it, if you don't have a burning desire for something, mm it's just going to stay kind of this dream, you know, in the background, Mm -hmm. you have to really have a burning desire for something. And that's what I feel like Venus brings when she enters Aries. Yeah. Venus, Venus brings this passion. Um, she Venus and Aries, and we've talked about this before, recognizing that we both have a natal placement of Venus and Aries. And most people would be like, Oh, that's not good. She doesn't like it there. Um, and you know, it is this fiery playfulness. She brings a level of weirdness and exploration and, um, a a willingness to change Venus in Aries doesn't tend to feel like that Taurian energy of I can be really stuck and stubborn about what I want and how I want it. Venus and Aries has a, well, I know this is what I want and I'm going to go after it with all of this fire. And I can, I can shift if I get to a point, like I'm not just going to go after it out of an ego place because I said I want it. I can go after it and be like, oh, it turns out that isn't a thing. And so let's redirect all of this. That way. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a newness to Venus and Aries and her bringing that freshness and the yes, the, the fuck yes. Venus and Aries is fuck yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an excitement that I feel with Venus and Aries. And so that happening in this eclipse portal, I think is really beautiful. Cause again, we start the eclipse portal with new moon energy mm-hmm. and it's a new moon in Taurus. Building. And then we, what'd you say? Building. building. There's a building energy. Yes. Building. And Venus yes. can bring that. Right. And she brings this excitement to this like spark of the new, right? Cause I, I do feel like Aries season ignited a lot. And so now when Venus enters Aries in this eclipse portal, it's kind of bringing the spark, right? Cause mm-hmm. you know, we go through ups and downs and we can get really excited about something and then we fall into like, Oh, I don't know. And so I feel like she's bringing this really important spark that happens through this eclipse portal. Um, so I love that. I think, you know, that's helpful and we need that. And then a few days later on May 5th, the sun who's still in Taurus, the sun forms a conjunction with Uranus in Taurus. And this, I love that this happens in the middle of an eclipse portal because <laughs> right? we're in this transitionary portal. Uranus is about change. He's a revolutionary and you never know what to expect with 
Uranus and the sun illuminates Uranus. So we get this illumination of change of, um, you know, maybe it's an unexpected change. Maybe it's an unexpected situation comes up, an unexpected offer, an unexpected person comes into our lives. Maybe it's just within ourselves. We just have this, um, you know, change within ourselves that we just feel that, of course, we've been working towards, but when we feel into the sun and Uranus, it really gets illuminated. Yeah. So I love that that happens in the middle of the eclipse portal. It feels, again, sassy. Just, mm-hmm. it feels there's a sassiness to it. Yeah. And as we've got these energies moving out of Pisces, we've had four planets in Pisces. And as the cat is going to roll right off the ironing board, <laughs> um, the the energy that's been in Pisces, where there's been this wateriness, as it moves into Aries, there's going to be this ignition that happens with Aries. And there's a groundedness to this ignition, thanks to our friends over in Taurus, <laughs> the sun is, is grounding in that ignition. So it's like, well, there's been this wheel spinning that's gone on because of all the things in Pisces. It's like, there's this feel of like sudden, like a little bit of traction, a little bit of, and now we can go. We're not just spinning anymore. The, the road runners got a little bit of traction and can get someplace. Yes. And then we get more Aries energy on May 10th. That's when Jupiter enters Aries. So Jupiter has been in Pisces for all of this year up to this point. And he will return to Pisces when he will retrograde and end the year in Pisces. But he takes a pretty good um, chunk of the year from May to October, I believe, in Mm -hmm. Aries. And so Jupiter is about expansion. And he's been expanding the area of Pisces for us, which is, um, again, you can look at what area of your chart that is for you, but it's definitely this expansion of our consciousness, this expansion of, you know, a lot that we can't even see going on. A lot of it is our beliefs and all of these different pieces. Mm -hmm. And so now he enters Aries and I feel like it's all of these dreams and all of these visions that we have and that we've been working towards, we really get this push and expansion in that area of our lives for these next few months. So Mm -hmm. as Jupiter enters Aries, we have more of that um, spark initiatory energy, that fire that's really important for us to like the fuel to allow us to make things happen. So I think that's really um, important. And then also that same day, we have Mercury stationing retrograde. So Mercury will be in its shadow for um from april 25th to june 18th so as we're recording this mercury is soon to be in its shadow and then on may 10th we have mercury retrograde so mercury is in gemini and it will travel he'll travel from gemini back into taurus over his course of his retrograde um but that also is a time where it's interesting because we have this aries energy with you know venus and aries jupiter and aries this fuel but it definitely feels like there's especially because we're in an eclipse portal and especially because we have mercury retrograde there's a lot of internal um, pieces right and not to say that 
things won't happen externally because of course the internal reflects the external, but there's this opportunity for us to really um, see and move through the pieces that we need to within ourselves. So good. Yeah, we, we're starting retrograde season again. We've had this six weeks where everybody's been direct. Mm -hmm. And with Pluto stationing on the 29th of April, we're starting a retrograde season again, where we're going to start to see more of these energies stationing retrograde to bring us internal and ask us to review what is our relationship to transformation and depth mercury you know how do we communicate with ourselves mercury season <laughs> all in yeah, the uncle right as it happens in this eclipse portal that we also get to review the past few weeks so that'll be on um, may 10th we'll get to review um, and see from a new perspective the themes that have come up for us from that period of April 25th to May 10th. So those few weeks, we get to review that period. And cause that's what happens when it moves, when Mercury moves backwards, he's moving back over the places that he traveled those two weeks. So we get to review and it's all happening when there's this big, big um, transitionary change energy. So yeah, so that feels like a pretty potent Mercury retrograde. Yep. Um, for sure. Little, little eclipse, Mercury retrograde, giddy up. Yeah. In his home sign where he starts off in Gemini. So that feels mm -hmm. definitely big. And then also, um, and just to mention too, with, because it's an air sign, it may have a lot to do with our thoughts and beliefs and the, yeah. you know, like how are my, just, just journaling could be really helpful. <laughs> Allow your mind to kind right. of, yeah, get its thoughts out. Um, and also talking, right? Gemini, I always think of like the social butterfly, like talking to friends, getting, um, getting kind of your thoughts out can be very helpful to mm -hmm. kind of understand and have, you know, those people that you can talk to. Um, and then on May 13th, we have the sun conjunct the North node exactly. So this just feels like, again, that, that illumination within the tunnel, um, we're, we're kind of coming out, we're gonna um, just a few days later have that second eclipse. So we're towards the end of that portal and <laughs> we're good. It's gonna be a big day. Everybody just pay attention. <laughs> just start that day. Start um, it. Yeah, big illuminations, especially around really everything that we've been working through through Taurus season, through the eclipse season, um, the sun illuminates it. So the sun also, it can have that energy of you know, pushing our edges, kind of pushing us outside of our comfort zone even more, but knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, because that is like those last few days of that eclipse portal. <laughs> I feel like that Shakti Shake shit said it all. It was just a, it was a whole thing. Yeah. Yep. That's confirmation that that's, yeah, definitely a big energy. And then, yeah, we'll end the eclipse portal with that full moon eclipse. 25 degrees of Scorpio. I just love Scorpio. Scorpio is just such a, a deep and um, yeah, there's a passion with Scorpio too. So there's this full moon energy. That's the second eclipse. There is this illumination. There's, and it can also be emotional 
full moons can be emotional. And then Scorpio, because it's a water sign, um, there can be some big emotions. There also can just be some big insights. Scorpio is very much about the unconscious. It's a very like, has that psychic quality of just being able to know and see things. And so, yeah, spend some time just, again, you don't have to do anything, but just observing like what's coming up around that time. What are your insights? What are your kind of gut feels um, around that May 16th full moon eclipse? So that's a total lunar eclipse and it occurs at 12, 14 AM Eastern time. So around midnight Eastern time. And yeah, the, depending on, you know, what the quality of the sky is, those lunar eclipses are when the moon so is cool. like that red oh. color. And yeah, so because it happens where, where we are at least um, in the US, it's gonna happen overnight. Mm -hmm. We should be able to see um, that total lunar eclipse. And it's a total lunar eclipse. So I'm, yeah. It's, they're so fun. They're so cool to, to get to to witness that movement and that shift. And I love that we have the opportunity to see it for those of us that are willing to, you know, venture out. And if the sky cooperates and is clear, if it's a clear sky for sure. Cause we never know. Um, but yeah, so that is May 16th. And so that is that period from April 30th to May 16th, when we're really in that eclipse pearl energy and then we'll still feel the unfolding and the integrating of it for a few weeks after as well mm -hmm. um and we'll have two more eclipses in taurus and scorpio later in the year and then next year we'll also have um a taurus and scorpio eclipse uh, more around so this is kind of like part one mm -hmm. part one we have of three of three we have part two in the fall and then there'll be a wrapping up um, next year with this Taurus Scorpio access. So yeah, it's only part one. So just, you know, we got, we got time. Be gentle. Be gentle. Yeah. So just to wrap up Taurus season, the last few days of Taurus season, we have on May 18th, Mars conjunct Neptune. So we haven't heard from Mars in a bit, although actually this is a good reminder. I almost forgot to mention this that Mars is aspecting both the eclipses. <laughs> I don't know how I forget that one, but Mars is like, uh, excuse me, I have a bigger role in this than you think. So Mars is um, in, in a supportive role for both eclipses. He will be aspecting that Taurus eclipse, and then he will also be aspecting the Scorpio eclipse, the second one. And he rules Scorpio. So I do have a feeling that Mars brings this ignition. He brings this, he just activates whatever he touches. So he's literally activating <laughs> both of those eclipses. So not only do we have these new influence on steroids, we have all the big energy that we talked about. We also have Mars activating it. So like, there's just, yeah, they're, they're really leaving no stone unturned with this, with these eclipses. So yeah, Mars is for sure a part of those eclipses. Um, and then he forms a conjunction with Neptune in Pisces right after the eclipses. So it, to me, that feels like this um, kind of final piece, like just this wrapping up piece coming out of the eclipses. Neptune is very, um, is very much about this like high spiritual, just like making the unconscious known 
if we allow it to, removing the veil if we allow it to. And so I feel like there's this activation that Mars brings to really like let us kind of see what happened to allow us to um, reflect on the whole eclipse season, that whole portal that we were just in. Um, so that happens again, May 18th, just two days after that full moon eclipse. Originally, Mars was an agrarian god. Um, he was, you know, for the harvest and the planting. So there is this um, planting of the dreams, it feels like for me, with this Mars and Neptune coming into conjunction is, is the planting and the tending and calling on Mars's more agrarian energy. Um, and how do we, how do we honor what we're going to plant? How do we, we meet that and plant something that is our highest desire as Mars was also a lover God before he just got kind of reduced to this, this warrior aggression piece that he is so often perceived in, um, he he was a lover. He was a lover of things that grow and he was about desire. So what what do the stars have in store for you? Um, that they're they're asking you to honor by planting, to make it real and to bring it in, because keeping in mind that you know Neptune is gonna be probably about 24 or 25 degrees of Pisces at this stage. So with the speed that Mars moves after there's this meeting in the sky, he's going to be moving into Aries to ignite it. He's going to be moving into his home sign from a place that he is not comfortable. <laughs> Mars could just happily skip over Pisces um, into a home sign with this like planting. And remember that sometimes we plant seeds that are just meant to return to the earth without sprouting. So it's both like bringing in that Scorpio releasing piece. Maybe there are things that your ego desires that it's time to let go to release. Yeah. And that's a big part of the self node. We, you know, mm -hmm. um, didn't mention that so much, but that's that second eclipse, that Scorpio, that's where the self node is. And so there's a big releasing with that as well. And so, yeah, I love that you brought that in because that's very much the case. We have to release the things that, you know, and, and honoring that they were aligned and that they got us where we needed to go. And there are things and people and all of it that were exactly what we needed, mm -hmm. but things change. And so we can take inventory on those things and allow those things to um, fall away so that we make room for more. And that's always the case. We're right. We're in a continual process of that, of like releasing, letting go and expanding into more. And so that's definitely that self node releasing what is no longer, um, for us. That's a big part of that, particularly that, um, full moon in Scorpio that we have. Um, and I think it's beautiful. Keep hold what Alexa said, just because we're releasing something doesn't mean that it wasn't good. It wasn't beautiful. It wasn't aligned. It wasn't in service because it got us to where we are in this moment. So we can take our next aligned step. 
even, even the things that maybe hurt and are maybe sticky, they got us to this moment. They taught us the things that we need to needed to learn. They forged us in a way so we can take that next right step. Yep. And that's just to like sum up tourist season is like one step at a time. That's mm-hmm. really all we have to do, just following the next step. And you know, slow and steady wins the race in time because you set that really good foundation for yourself and you make sure that each step you take, you're like, yes, this is what I want. Yes, this is a hell yes. And when you set it up from that place, you build something really, that strong foundation that allows you to build something even better than you could have imagined. So I think that is kind of that take home of Taurus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause then that brings us right to May 20th, the sun enters Gemini. So that's, yeah, that's Taurus season. So good. So exciting. Yay. Eclipse season. Yeah. It's going to be a big one for sure. And again, big, no matter how, however that looks right. Big can be just you going through your own stuff by yourself. Big can be, you know, big changes externally in your life, but whatever it is. Um, yeah, I find it very helpful just to know that that's what we're in, that we're in this transition, um, period and however it looks is exactly what is needed. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely perfect. Um, like us, share us, do the things. And if you really like us, join our Patreon channel. All the information is down in the show notes and we put out special content, you know, even if, you know, you're at a $1 a month tier, we do a card reading that holds the month. And I know I have heard from a number of Patreons for the month of April that that card reading was spot on. And for Patreon members that are at the $10 tier, you get the chance to win an astrology reading. We will pull your chart and we will look at the astrology of your chart and your natal placements. And they're fun. We like it. Yeah, they're super fun. Love it. So happy Taurus season. Happy eclipse season. Be gentle with yourself. Drink a lot of water. Stay present. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please share us with your friends. You can also head over to our YouTube channel where you can leave us some comments. Let us know what you thought. We would love to hear from you.